welcome to Asking Eve, the regular podcast brought to you by Emily and Lara, the mother-daughter duo behind Advancing Eve. Our podcast series will bring you a variety of conversations with girls and women who are just like us and you, making their way through life. We hope you enjoy. Hi everybody, here we are again for another Asking Eve podcast. And today we have an extra special guest in the loft with us. I'd like to introduce you to my delightful little sister, Lauren Amanda Gregg. A.K.A. We Lords until I was about 21. Thanks, <laughs> thanks very much for having me tonight, uh, Emily. I think wow. I might still call you We Lords, sorry. In the odd message, yeah. I get We Lass and I'm significantly taller than all of you. <laughs> Yeah. It was funny how Lara relates it to height, eh? Oh, sorry, not age, but yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's fine. Um, so we there's a, a fair old age gap between us, isn't there? There's 13 years between us. Yeah. Um, um, I think that um, we're quite similar in some regards in our personality. I think it was possibly you that gave me the nickname of um, Queen Bee or QB. Uh-huh, was indeed. Um, but very quickly I decided that if there was ever going to be a successor or a throne taker um, or a usurper, is that a word? I think it is. I think I might have learnt that from watching Vikings. <laughs> um, it was going to be you. So you became QBIT. So QBIT, mm-hmm. uh, uh, did I say what QBIT is? Queen Bee in Training. Uh, Queen Bee in Training. Yeah. Uh, so you're in this evening to talk to us about... Um, a subject, a specific subject, because the whole premise to the Ask and Eve podcast is that we like to ask normal people, everyday people, to come in and talk to us about their lives, challenges, opportunities, celebrations, you know, anything that, that's normal that could help somebody else out um, if they ever find themselves in situation similar situation. So we are going to be talking about your sexuality this evening. Indeed. Which is an interesting subject from I'm one. sure everyone listening will be very interested to <laughs> the <laughs> answers I'll give. <laughs> from my older sister to younger yeah. sister, yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, just on that, um, your sexuality just doesn't, it, this sounds terrible, but it doesn't mean anything to me at all. I do not I'd reconcile you with being gay or straight or, or, or anything. You're just we lawyers or QBIT to me. So much so that when um, you decided to announce your sexuality, I was just like, yeah, no, whatever, and move on. It was probably me. then that I thought you were QB because I thought she knows everything before I even do. So. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could actually touch on that later on. So, so it's a good point, actually. Let's, let's talk about when you were younger. Um, how would you have described yourself as a child? Um, so myself as a child, um, certainly primary school, being in a small town in, in Lauder, sort of everybody knows everybody, everybody was generally friendly, so um, very happy. Um, as a child, no inclinations in terms of s- sexuality at that stage. Um, so yeah, happy, happy, happy enough childhood happy at primary school, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, we are definitely going to be going global with this, so I'm just going to um, give a bit of a geographical reference to the fact that Lauder is in the Scottish borders. Um, <laughs> going global. <laughs> or anybody over Sutra. <laughs> <laughs> For all to you be people fair. that are south of the Watford Gap. <laughs> um, 
that's really interesting that you that's how you describe yourself um as a child certainly in primary school yeah yeah good but it's good it's really encouraging um do you feel that that carried on into your teenage years up through high school no definitely not I think when I was at primary school there was just a small group everybody knew everybody everybody was very friendly and then going into high school where you have lots of kids from all over these small little towns in the Scottish borders again for those of you who are over Sutra, Hamlet, some of them were described as. Um, so it was very difficult. I think that's when a lot of my anxiety, social anxiety and lack of confidence really came out, even from, you know, worrying about getting lost in the high school, worrying about classes, speaking out in classes, even though you knew the answer, you didn't want to sort of put your hand up. So that's probably when... I became more aware of anxiety and lack of confidence issues. Um, and, and then, So that was nothing to do with your sexuality at that point, obviously, because you were still n- so young. Yeah, not when I first started high yeah, school, no. And yeah. obviously getting, getting bullied more so for my size than anything else. So I think, thank God they didn't know I was gay as well, because that would have been a <laughs> double dose of... Uh, oh. sort of insults and things <laughs> it's so, quite hard to no, get your tissues to guys it's going to be a sad <laughs> time <laughs> no. um, so not in the early stages of, of, of high school um, but then you found things that you were good at like hockey and things so that was a bit of a, a respite or you know because mm-hmm. you knew you were good at it so your confidence was up I know I can I can do this so yeah, um, yeah it was fairly mixed but early early stages of high school it wasn't to do with sexuality no but I think I was always aware that you definitely seemed to be lacking confidence you know so we have another sister who is 11 years younger than me so she's in between us and she's always been the more um outspoken and I often thought that you were just so quiet because there was no room for your voice and yeah, I've often, won- often worried and wondered that um, that's why you, you were so nervous about speaking out in school environments and everything. So um, that's interesting. That um, Yeah, and no, I think that played a part in it as well. You just, you know, grown up where you've got a sister that was going through the teenage rebellion sooner than you were. Mm-hmm. You almost didn't have a chance to have, not that I, I maybe rebelled later in life, we'll get onto that in page two of the question <laughs> but, um so um you didn't have that chance you were just quiet it was the only way to kind of get th- get through because if you're having a hard enough time at the school you just wanted to you know keep keep your head mm-hmm. down so I think mm-hmm. po- yeah that definitely played a yeah. part in it as well and I think sometimes my weight and then later thinking about sexuality being confused about that did I know we're talking about school but it did sort of alter my perception of my place within the family as well as a whole um always feeling that bit different I know you've said that to me a few times and yeah. it always really upsets me that you don't think you fit or that you're yeah, so different yeah. and like I struggle to understand that because like I see us all as just totally different but we fit because of our family yeah, yeah. anyway there's so much that uh, um, differentiates us beyond sexuality that I really don't think that yeah, that should yeah. make you feel like you don't fit. Like in, on paper, none of us fit together as it is, but somehow it works. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Ooh, we're an eclectic band. Oh, we are. We're a very, <laughs> very eclectic family. Um. Okay. So, 
there was a lot going on before we even look at sexuality but can you pinpoint a time when you knew you were gay you know were you ever unsure or was it just always no you know definitely that's um i was probably unsure not not sort of knowing and then maybe s4 history teacher walks through the door and you're like no there's there's, there's definitely something there. So um, that's probably for me was when I, I'd sort of thought that, you know, other people were saying they've got a crush on Mr. Such and Such and I was just, yeah. Um, the t-shirts were harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so for me, yeah, I think it was maybe probably about 15, 16, I think, just mm-hmm. back then. But there was, up until that point, you were a little bit confused or maybe just going along with things when your friends were saying about Mr. Such and Such or this person or that person. You didn't really need to, you didn't know how to, just sort of went along with it. So did you find yourself, oh, and did you find yourself pretending to be straight to like fit in sometimes? Yeah, definitely. And um, like at sleepovers, you'd all be talking about these things or you play this, we played this game where you would have, you'd write everybody's name and then you'd write a thing that you would do with like the boy's name and you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm really glad I got Ross, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, so it was, yeah, it was it was difficult. And I think um, probably being awkward with sexuality and my weight as well. Um, girly shopping trips, mm. I think maybe weren't gonna be my thing even if I was a size six, but I was never sure why it was I didn't want to go. Yeah, Was it because they were going to pick up not that I would be staring at anybody but it would it would it be that you know you would, would they think or you would it? you know be looking at something else and then you get sort of found out so or was mm. it just because you had lacked body confidence so yeah I found myself either making excuses not to go to things or, or faking it yeah I'm going rogue and slightly off script off, off script yeah um, I know that a lot of people in my age, when they when they come to me and they're like my friends and they're talking, like I'm not sure if I'm gay or not, they always pinpoint that they'll know when they have a physical connection with the other, the same sex. Did you find that you definitely knew before you had any form of like physical connection with someone else? So like for people that are maybe relying on the physical side to confirm things or not. Yeah, I knew bef- definitely beforehand. Before yeah. And then go to university as well, definitely knew before I had any sort of physical mm. okay. relations with anybody, yeah. And at the time, did you feel that there was someone that you could talk to that was openly gay or, like, someone in the media as, like, a kind of role model to make you feel like, you know what, even though that right now I feel like I'm in the minority, it is actually okay? No, I didn't. I think, you know, hearing from the likes of yourself how high school goes nowadays where people are just open about yeah, it's very you know different. whatever whether it's um being straight or wanting to identify as you know um male female or, or whatever they want to do it's so much more open yeah now you know even just you know from seeing you at high school so and there's and not no, a huge age gap between you two no there's so that just goes to show how much Things have progressed mm-hmm. in that time. Yeah, definitely. And I think there wasn't really for me anybody um, that I could have spoken to other than the sisters when the yeah. time eventually came. Yeah. But yeah. that whole time period after, like beforehand, there wasn't really anybody. So how did you manage that? Or how did that internalisation of this manifest itself 
with you? Um, quite awful I would would have thought because it was just it was on your mind that you needed to get you needed to talk about it you needed to get it off your chest um so yeah it was quite awful and I think you weren't confident enough to to be yourself because you knew you weren't being your being who you actually, actually were, were even, yeah. so that mixed with you're already socially anxious anyway um and being at uni around different people and things like that and the feelings becoming stronger then it was it was quite difficult a quite mm-hmm. a difficult time did you have concerns about coming out like to your family and telling them that you were um yes not so it took me a long time i remember just to tell my sister um not qb but other sister mm-hmm. um so it took a long time um and i remember two, sitting in the car are really close yeah, as well so much closer nowadays but can, yeah can we give it some context so um from when you kind of figured it out yourself to when you felt able to tell Carla, or our other sister, how long was that? I mean, are we talking months? Are we talking years? Years. Um, years. That's sad. What five years? Mm. Something like that. I'm never good with like I'm just trying to figure out universities. Like maybe like fifteen, sixteen. University. Mm-hmm. Well, the small this small period of time I was there. Um, but just sorry, just yeah, to move on been that. About like five years. I, five I often years. wonder if. So we've talked already about how we don't feel that university is right for everybody. So this is not a reflection on us thinking that university would have been right for you. But I do wonder if things had been different for you if you would have stayed longer at university. Yeah, I think so. I think had a had the con, but then you know obviously when. I was only seventeen anyway. There wasn't much of people coming out at that age, but there is there is now, which is yeah. great because you get the time to build the confidence. And I think generally, younger people now are more confident to just say what it is they want to to say about whether Definitely. it's that mm-hmm. or life or mm-hmm. things that that trouble them or things that are going on in the world that they're not happy about. They just they just say it. So definitely more confident. But I still know so many people that are still scared to tell their parents. You know. But yeah, I think the the parents thing is is a difficult one because um friends, you know, other relatives um I don't know, I just it was more accepting for me when I did tell friends and and relatives other than than parents. parents. It's, I think it's just that pressure. Um where probably... does that come from that pressure? What's the root of it do you think? For me, I think you <laughs> I was always a bit of a swat. You just, and a people pleaser. I think that's the thing. You don't want to let people down. You don't want people to think bad. Like I very much always worry about what people think of me, even now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't want people to think badly of you. And um, yeah, it's maybe that whole your parents are going to be shocked. You know, they maybe have a different mindset from when they were when they were brought up. It's the whole. Well, you're not going to be able to get married. I'm yeah, not going to be able to walk to down the aisle. That. I'm not. You're not going to have grandkids. You know, you're not going to. Um, and part of that might be them being overly protective because they, it's maybe something to be feared, being in that minority, and they don't want people to judge you. They don't want people to discriminate against you. So there's maybe a mm-hmm. mix of, you know, the shock plus, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of protectiveness. So would you? Do you relate, when people talk about minority groups, do you relate and think to yourself, oh, I'm in a minority group? 
No, and whether it's because I live in the borders and there's just not that... I don't know, it's it's difficult to, to sort of say. It's just... I suppose it's under the radar. Maybe that does make you in the minority anyway, regardless. But mm. um, no, I just think I'm somebody that like doesn't really like people anyway, so I don't think it would matter <laughs> to me. Um, what I was, I would probably wouldn't really be bothered if I was in a minority. I just mm-hmm. want to be happy and live my life. Yeah. So it doesn't mm. really. So you don't think that it um, has made you more compassionate or judge or look at situations in a different way because you can relate to minority groups then? No, I think I would always like to think that I would have compassion and I'm a fairly kind person anyway, so I don't... My sexuality doesn't come into it. I don't think, you know, because I'm gay, I'm going to be nice, you know, nicer or more understanding or exception. I think I would like everybody to be that way anyway. Without Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't have to be labelled, does it? No. Other than be a good human being. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think about your sexuality as part of your identity? No, I don't. Um, well, yeah, of course you do. You know that you've sort of settled down and things like that, and um, you know, getting married and things. But I just yes, think I'm we just. Should, we should we should um, tell her avid audience about you getting married. Yes, well, we will come on to that. But oh, I think. Um, I don't know, I just think I'm just, just Lauren, I suppose, or we Lors or whatever nickname I've got. I just, I don't think too much about it. I just go about my mm-hmm. about my life and, yeah, there's things that you struggle with and you try and cope the best that you can or try and improve yourself or try and deal with the anxieties that you've got. But, I, yeah, I don't... And you were telling us a story about a TikTok video that you'd, yeah. seen, you'd seen. Yeah, so it was... Um, and I thought, I've always maybe been older than my years, Um but I thought, I'll go on this TikTok. Everyone's talking about TikTok. I'll go on, I'll look at these videos. And what is this TikTok what, that you, you speak know, what of? What is this that these people are speaking of on this device? Um, so I was on it, and all of a sudden these videos, this video came up, and it was a girl, and she was saying, if I'm this type of lesbian, I dress this way. If I'm this type of lesbian, I dress this way. There was STEM and STUD and something else named, and I thought, oh, I didn't, I didn't realise you had to be doing any of these things, and, you know wear a chain with shorts and Nike socks and that makes you this type of lesbian and, you know, whatever. And um, I don't know if a STEM, I'm trying to figure out, is a STEM maybe a mix between a stud and a femme? I was like, no I was idea. left confused and I was like, well, I've been gay for how long? And I don't, maybe I'm, I don't know what um, what this is all about. And I thought, I thought the only caveat to being gay was being attracted to the same sex, not that you had to dress a certain way and I think it's you know that opens it up for people to be like well you don't look gay well what does that actually look like what does any of it look like you just it's the internal feelings that you have not the way that you dress that actually links to a question one of our younger Eves submitted and they said me personally I feel a pressure to look and behave a certain way because I am gay and do you feel that but obviously you don't if you don't really understand this whole modern no I've never really been a fashionista or (laughs) even a a gay fashionista if there is such a thing maybe I've created a new thing Um, but no I just um, you just dress how you dress it's not and that you know there is some of this you know people um, and people can dress how how they want but there's some people you see they sort of change it slightly and Mm. um, 
after having come out and I just I haven't really changed, changed at yeah, all to be fair it's each to their own but I think um don't feel that pressure whoever's um That's feeling that, that way mm-hmm. um it's more about who you're attracted to and meaningful feelings for somebody than you don't look I'm doing that and you can see me doing the air stuff. quotes but um <laughs> you don't look gay well you know so what exactly yeah you don't look judgmental but you are so <laughs> 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 now you see <laughs> um so day to day um when you meet new people do you ever still feel uncomfortable about the whole do i need to tell them that i'm gay that quite think conversation like how do i come out to this new person like how do you manage that now? um yeah i certainly um struggled when i first started working where i work i've been there eight years now so um it wasn't until I got quite drunk on a night out and I thought I'm going to tell um, who was my becoming my work's best friend. And she was like, I, I know, because the way you've been <laughs> referring to, you know, previous partner is they. I mean, who does that? Um, so she she knew. Um, but she said, don't stress about it. If that's if you're still not comfortable with the whole group, don't worry. She says, it's not like I've come in and said, you know, hi, my name's Claire, I'm straight. So why do you need to come do into a workplace it, yeah. and, and say you know, hi, I'm Lauren, I'm, I'm your, you know, office lesbian. So, um, <laughs> you know, gay. exactly, I'm the only gay in the office. So, um, Are you the only gay in the office? I think I am. Am mm-hmm. I? No. Don't know. That's good that you don't know. That's so. the thing, you don't know because... Yeah. But don't you think that's good that you don't know because there's not that, um, no one has to feel like they're labelled, really? No, that's the thing... Yeah. You, you know, you're it's quite good. Mm-hmm. It says there's more that can a person can be judged on than their their sexuality. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, I could be, I could not be, I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's if there's no there shouldn't be a pressure. You do it when you're mm-hmm. when you're ready you to. to. Yeah. And um, what to you is your ideal reaction from someone when you tell them that you're gay? So for the almost a almost a non-reaction, I would say. Um, just like how Emily had reacted. Um, I remember it was when my other sister um, were driving over to her house and um, I had it on the light speaking, it was going to be this big thing and it was like, she she was saying, right, we'll we'll phone Emily, we'll tell her. (coughs) And then Emily was like, yeah, I know. And as I say, that was when I realised that was definitely QB because she probably knew before I did. Um, so I think almost a non-reaction, but supportive is probably the best, yeah, the best type of reaction. Yeah. Of yeah. mm-hmm. And not make a big deal out of it as well. Like you can maybe not go over the top and be like, oh my God, we need to get you on, you know, whatever <laughs> yeah. dating website. And I know this person and because you're both gay, that means you're going to um, be a perfect match. So love, not yeah. so much the other way, you know, it's, um, but yeah, almost a non-reaction. And that's the best word. Yeah, I, I do think. I mean, I didn't know no because obviously only Lauren. You can't know no, yeah. But I, from when you were really quite young, I don't think I would ever have been surprised any time from your mid-teens right. to when I actually found out at any point if someone said I'd have still been like, yeah, no. Was there anything that yeah 
Don't nah, know. just can't put your finger can't on put it. Can't put my finger on it. No, no, no not at all. But um, not because I dress like a stem or a stud. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're totally a stud, Lars. Don't know what that means. <laughs> Maybe I should check. That yeah, yeah, go, on, go on TikTok. I had to do that the other day. I said something about uh, care about the frog. And I was like, oh my goodness, I need to check what that is in the Urban Dictionary because I might be completely <laughs> saying something horrendous here. <laughs> go, go on TikTok, apparently. But uh, I find out things... Keep, everyone yeah. keeps telling me... I say everyone, I really mean two people. <laughs> everyone keeps telling me that I need to get on the TikTok and that I, I do really... I would be really cool on TikTok. So. I don't agree. That should be very cool on TikTok <laughs> at all. We're I think so you are these two people. <laughs> You're above TikTok. Uh, above TikTok. I think so. Lower yourself to doing these ridiculous dances. I just bought a copy of Nietzsche's book. I'm going to say I'm above TikTok. Absolutely. <laughs> Nietzsche's book, you might have had more than one. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so just getting to the last few questions now. Um, dating in modern day life. How was that for you? How easy was it for you do you think it was harder or just the same or easier um i think most recently i think being in the borders it's probably the only opportunity as i say other than people going that person's also attracted to females so um <laughs> do you know and you think right okay that's fine um i think um more recently because my um first and long term um disastrous we'll just say that relationship <laughs> came from online um I was a little bit sort of weary um so it's always it's always quite difficult but then obviously found um my future wife or my current wife um current meaning like permanently not as in anything else um digging. exactly <laughs> Christine did say she was going to listen to this so Love Did you? you. Uh, yeah. Hi, Christine. Um, so I was, yeah, just a little bit, a little bit. Where you do get sort of, um, so I had had a couple of experiences um, where people had spoken to you right up until um, meeting up for a date, and then you had nothing. So is that called ghosting in modern day life? That is yeah. ghosting, yeah. Ghosting. But I, like I really that's a... really quite harsh, isn't it? When you speak to somebody for like two weeks and then you say, right, we'll meet up in Edinburgh or something and then Two weeks. Or whatever you say. Oh, that's very quick to Shut go on a date. Is um, it? Well for me, but I'm a it bit of an antisocial weirdo, so <laughs> <laughs> you say like three so, months yeah, to get the <laughs> Kinda not even the... solo to the museum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that is no joke. <laughs> Where are you going today, Lara? The dinosaur exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> On a date. Uh-huh. You can't see me right now, but I am doing the middle finger. <laughs> and blushing. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was um, difficult, you, did, isn't you, it? you didn't have... You had a couple of not nice experiences, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. So then you, then you are... Which was horrible to watch, actually, from the sidelines. Yeah, and I think... Um, I don't regret much, but that's it. not having moved away because I got my career out of it, but certainly everything else surrounding it is a big regret for me. Um, the way that I, probably looking back, subconsciously knew that I was doing the wrong thing, so I decided to lash out with family because I thought that would make me feel better for making this decision that was entirely wrong and... Um, 
I'm going to yeah. step in there because you know. I'm and to a big clarify, sister. what she's referring to is she left home like suddenly and moved away. I don't think we've actually mentioned. That no, you did that, so you so. you lived with our mum, didn't you? Yep. And um, who you're very close with, and mum went on holiday, and mm-hmm. you left when she was on holiday. You kind of wrote a letter. How old were you? 18, 19, I were you, I thought you were maybe a wee bit older. I thought you were in your early 20s. No, well, I had my 21st when I was staying down there, so I think I was maybe about 19. Right, okay. But, you know, you were an adult. You'd gone, yep. had you been to Australia by then and come yep. back? So you travelled all the way around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still, everyone kept saying, Lauren's ran away from home. I was like, Lauren's not ran away I from home. I remember I was She's in... an adult. She's left home. But I think it was because of the way that you, that you did it. But I, I want to, I've, we've never talked about this period because we fell out, didn't we? And we we had never, ever fallen out before that. So it was really, really strange. But actually, I don't, I think you'd been overly harsh on yourself. I think everybody would have acted in that way because it's human nature mm-hmm. to try and defend yourself. Whether it's a physical defence or a psychological defence, it's human nature. So you shouldn't beat yourself up about it because everybody, everybody would have done the same. Yeah, And also nothing is a mistake in life it's just living life well, and you learn no, that's the thing and I think um what came from it is the career I've got now yeah. so and progressing quite well so I think and that, knowing yeah, what you don't want in a partner exactly so um if there's any young Eves out there somebody who chooses alcohol over um electricity and food that is a definite no-go so um <laughs> that is you know run, run for the hills a lot, quick, a lot quicker than I did um absolutely so um yeah going back to sort of now um was a little bit cautious and then um and i used this in my my wedding speech um was i got the virtual wink from um christine and that's when we started speaking and um the rest they say is 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 history history. yeah absolutely so Um, christine is your lovely wife yes and you have chester the dog yes little family is perfect and lovely yeah but your wedding day tell us what that meant because I think that you had probably always thought you would never get married mm-hmm. so your wedding day must have been unbelievable for you yeah and not as costly as I'd thought so that was good <laughs> because um it was fun we had our, we had our engagement um and I'd it seems to me it does this the speeches and things like that um, and I had said um, at the engagement party, Christine said these three words, and I knew she was one for me. Look, this is cheaper. Or this <laughs> cheaper. So I was like, yeah, that's that's right. So, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd always said I would, I would never get married. I never felt that anybody would love me enough to want to marry me, or that I'd be attracted. I know, I want to cry. I would be a, um, anybody would sort of be. A, attracted um to me so yeah it was it was an amazing day and it was um we did still get the questions like which one's going to wear the dress or you go you know who's got to walk who down the aisle you know in terms of uh, being the official bride and groom so we we still got some of those questions but I think it's just it was not offensive um Mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I had put those that questions. In. I was just generally curious. Like, yeah, how it was so that's all the thing. Work. I think people were doing it because they were excited and they were interested and in, in wanted to be part of planning their wedding. So I never took it as anything other than yeah. um, a good thing. And, and other people have similar questions. Like when when we got married, people said, "Will Papa walk you down the aisle, or will Drew walk yeah. you down the aisle?" With Drew being our mum's husband. So I think there is just general. Ooh, yeah, what, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think I even used it in my speech of saying, you know. Um, not be my tradition. The one in the dress gets up and and does the does the speech. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I sort of turned it into um a little bit of a joke. And the speech it was an amazing day. It just um it was brilliant. And I had more confidence on that day. And I think it's because you have the dress on and everyone's there for you and you've got the makeup and things like that on. Um, and I'm never on the Sunday that dancing, for example, I don't do it unless I've had a little bit of drink. And I only had one and a half, two drinks all day and I was dancing. I think you just felt, it's my of, day, yeah. do you know? I remember yeah. like sh- strutting looked, yeah, down to the dance floor and things like that. So it was um, just a perfect, amazing day. And apart from the shoes I had on, but I soon switched to Converse, so that was fine. Um, Whereas so I yeah, wore Converse just... from the start of her wedding. She did. She was a bridesmaid with Converse on under <laughs> her dress. It was hilarious. Well, I said, didn't I? I said, don't do anything that doesn't make you feel comfortable. Yeah, so, yeah, which, is, yeah. which is great. Because you'll have come from a position of having to deal with feeling uncomfortable, so you can say... Yeah, there's no point doing it to anybody else. But if we were to take anything from this or if anyone listening was to take anything from this and this is why we do these podcasts for you to say you thought nobody would ever love you and you know you would never get married because no one would want to be with you and look at you now how, how long have you been married coming up i am two years later this month September, um, yeah two years I think my anniversary presents arrived today but i'm not gonna mm-hmm. um, be looking yeah. so yeah two two years two years yeah. so do you know what if you're out there listening to this and you feel the same way that lauren did all those years ago then i think that you just want to be taking something from this to know that actually that way that you're feeling just now is not permanent it's temporary yeah, yeah and yeah nothing's will, ever the situation permanent. will change yeah, yeah things yeah. things do change and i think you know when i was living down in stoke there was a time i was just was like thinking you know, I'm just not drowning, but I was like, oh my God, how am I going to get up and out and away from away from this? Um, because sometimes there is that, you know, if you do have that feeling already that somebody's not going to love you, if somebody's, <laughs> trying to think how to word it, but... Um, I know what you think you want to say, though. Yeah, it's, it's you know, you, because you maybe have those thoughts already, and then if someone... don't make that mean that you settle for something yeah. that isn't love and isn't um somebody that cares for you um and um as soon as you realize that it is just have the strength to get up and it's walk strange. out and, and that is irrelevant yeah. irrespective of whether you're gay or straight or however Life, you any sort of situation to, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. and then you look back and you think you know you're a damn sight stronger than you think you are yes um, which is good. yeah absolutely good. Yeah. love yourself first yes and all that and all that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if you're having a day, I suppose I'll put this into the mix because some days, I suppose everybody's confidence, but me more so, nothing to do with sexuality now, more image and, and all the rest of it. There's so much nowadays you need to keep up with. If you are having a day that you're not so much loving yourself, don't put added pressure on yourself, just accept that 
and just take that day to, you know, mm-hmm. feel in that certain way and then just, just carry on. It's not a permanent it's feeling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Alrighty, so I think we have yeah. asked all of the questions. So we have indeed. Sincerely, I'd like to thank you from the bottom of thank my you. stony little heart. We're um, all stony little hearts, I think. <laughs> we actually. are. Like, See, we totally We're fit. the stones Absolutely. of the Even on my... I can't even on my wedding day I was like oh what is that in the eye and I always say <laughs> like before I speak if not that I do speeches all the time but um She's the if it's speech em- maker though if it's anything emotional I just always say I'm not crying it's just like my eyeballs sweating um so I just don't <laughs> I just you just gotta yeah, yeah so I'm stony as well so yeah. Yeah. okay good Alrighty. well thank you very much thanks Bye-bye. for having me Later. bye